Riker, my man. It is 2020. Yes, it's 2020, the worst year ever. But uh, but we are back to uh, to celebrate Shocktober once again with 31 podcast episodes in a row celebrating what is indisputably the best holiday of them all. Absolutely. And uh, nobody needs this more than us. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, as soon as we, as soon as you said let's record, I was super excited about it. Like, yeah, uh, let's do this. This is this is some good shit. And uh, briefly before you hit record, we were talking. And this has been a really good year for horror. There's lots of good shit to talk about. There's yeah. lots of bad shit to talk about too. I am confident that you will find that, my friend. But uh, <laughs> we are going to share some good spooky shit and i'm excited about it and i'd rather talk about that than all the other shit that i've been forced to talk about this entire shit show of a of a year because that's what so there it is all right so as a reminder to everyone what Riker and i do is uh every day we're going to talk about a different horror movie uh Riker will be uh, uh recommending the good ones I will most likely be making Riker watch at least a handful of really shitty ones, because that's how right. I roll. And uh, and uh, every day, every day, you guys are gonna you guys are gonna get turned on to some really good horror because I don't know anyone who knows horror any more uh, than you do, my friend. So that's pretty sad. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna change that. Well, we are. We, start- you know what we need to do though. We need to get Dave in on this gig. Oh, not not happening. There's no not chance happening? of that. Not a chance. Not God. a chance of that. I got some good ones for him, too. I do. <laughs> All right, I'll see what I can do. That'd be, fa- that'd be glorious. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> All right, so we are going to start this Shocktober off with a bang. We're going to start it off with one of my top three horror movies of all time and my favorite zombie movie, and I believe this is maybe this is probably the best zombie movie ever made. In my opinion, this is this is practically a perfect film. Uh, this is George Romero's 1978 Dawn of the Dead, uh, and I'm, we're talking about the original one here, not the uh, not the uh, Snyder remake, right? Oh, the uh, Snyder remake was not bad. It was not bad. It's not a bad zombie film, and it's not a bad remake, but it is not of the level of the 1978. Uh, classic by Romero. And I need to interrupt. You You do know who also helped direct and edit this film? Uh, no. Um, a little Italian filmmaker named Dario Argento. Do you know right. Dario Argento? Indeed. Indeed, I do. He was in on this film as well. I, I found that out. To, I, I looked that up today in my research, and I, I knew that in the back of my head, but it was, it was totally awesome that one of the kings of Giallo help make this film, and it's, if I think about it, there are his fingerprints everywhere, and that's what makes this film glorious. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, let, let's just get right into it. Let's start talking about the movie. So, the, the plot of the movie is, you know, uh, the zombie apocalypse is like, it's 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 just starting to hit full steam, right? Um, right at the uh, at the outset of this movie, uh, there's panic everywhere, and uh, the movie begins in 
uh, a television studio, right? Yep. As they're they're trying to cover, uh, they're trying to cover the news of what's going on, and uh, the bo- there's a boyfriend girlfriend situation, and the boyfriend's like, "Hey, I got a way out of here. Uh, we're gonna take the news chopper and get the fuck out, right?" And yep. the girlfriend and the girlfriend's like, "All right, let's go, right?" And it in between this is like all these like ultra violent like scenes of uh, uh, tenement houses that are being overrun uh, by zombies and uh, cops going in there. And not only like there's some crooked cops in there, some bad guys, you know, some bad cops who are going in there and not just shooting the zombies. They're also just shooting like straight up innocent people. Like they're just fucking it's, it's bedlam. Right. And uh, two of the cops, two of the, two of the good cops, uh, they wind up uh, meeting up with, uh, the, the two folks from the news, uh, from the, from the news studio and they get in, uh, they get in the helicopter, they get the hell out and eventually they wind up at, um, at a mall. And this is kind of, uh, this is kind of like, you know, so this is in the late seventies. So this is just before, uh, malls are kind of hitting their stride, you know, like before the eighties mall boom. And, uh, So that's what kind of makes this novel for the for its time. You know, when they first spot the mall, they say something to the effect of like, hey, it's one of those big indoor malls, you know, those big indoor shopping centers, you know, as right. if like as if the as if the audience has no idea what the hell they're talking about. Um, so the entirety of the rest of the movie, for the most part, takes place inside uh, the now famous Monroeville Mall. Um, right in, in, uh, in, uh, Pennsylvania. And it is this group of people that it's the, the movies, the movies, uh, centered on this group of people trying to survive inside this mall. Um, and, and they're, they're cleaning it out, right. They're getting all the zombies out of there. Um, and, uh, and, and it's them living in this mall for several months, right? That's the movie in a uh, slightly large nutshell. Um, I love this movie. I adore it. Like it's, it, like I said, it's in my probably top three, top five horror movies of all time. Riker, what are your feelings on this thing? Well, I mean, so this was yet another zombie movie that I had to sneak out and watch, uh, especially because it was 1978. And I don't know how old you were then, but I was I, like, I was, I was well. two. I was two. <laughs> 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 right? And so, yeah. um, oh, by the way, this movie was release, released without a rating because the MPAA wanted to give it an X rating because it was that freaking gory and violent. And Romero's like, I ain't taking nothing out. So they yeah. released it with no rating. I believe this is maybe the first. I mean, they, they said they recommended no one under the age of 17 watch this film. So it could very well be the first <laughs> NC-17 film untitled as such. Um, I, I ended up seeing this, uh, at a drive-in later on, um, while I was working for the Boy Scouts. Um, that was my first exposure to this film, um, which is great. And, uh, you know, this is awesome. You know, the thing that I love about it, and I could totally see where we're at on it, is that it's become so iconic, this, this yeah. idea of living in a mall. And as a kid, you'd go to the mall and you'd be like, wouldn't it be freaking great to live here and then to find out that somebody made a movie of it and i'd say a good a good half of the movie is just 
people hanging out, living in the mall, which yeah, is yeah. great. Like, you know, I'm like, how, you know, you don't think about, well, they're going to run out of food eventually. You don't think about that. I mean, you know, they don't even get that far. So it's just awesome. Um, but aside from that, it, the, the way, the way they carry over what happened in the first film works really well. Uh, yeah. the third act is fantastic. The practical effects are unbelievable. There's a scene where a guy gets ripped in half by a bunch of zombies and it's, you, you would, you would think that he's being ripped in half by a bunch of zombies and, and his intestines are coming out. Um, I don't give a shit about the acting. The acting's on par. Um, it's just, it's just an iconic, you know, in the Mount Rushmore of horror films, it's right up there. Right. Yeah, totally. I would put this film up there for sure. Top four for sure. Yep, uh, it, it's a wonderful movie, you know. And there are different cuts out there. Um, so uh, Canary, who's who's uh, who is uh, someone in our uh, our community, and and hangs out on the Discord chat a lot. Um, a number of years ago, he turned me on to the ultimate edition of this movie, that has Ooh. all has all sorts of different cuts. Um, uh-huh. and, and like director's cuts and things like that, um, behind the scenes features, like the whole deal. It's this beautiful box set and I don't believe it's in print anymore. Um, but, uh, if you can get your hands on that on like eBay or something, like by all means, get it. It's wonderful. Now the problem here is that this movie is not super accessible these days. It, I, it's not available on any streaming services that I know of, um, and uh, and I I couldn't even find a way to buy it digitally. Wow. So so uh, you know you're going to have to track this down. Um, and you should there are, there are plenty of uh, plenty of uh, copies of Blu-rays and the DVDs and stuff out there. So you'll be able to find them for relatively cheap. Uh, and I I can't recommend it enough. If if you're a poor sad sack uh, at home right now who has not seen this movie. You need to get on this movie. Uh, it is it is really that good. Um, the first time I saw it, Riker, I remember thinking that it was a bit long, you know, and uh, and kind of dragged out a little bit. But uh, upon you know uh, future viewings, you know, further viewings, I was like, you know what, this is actually great. Like I love just watching them try to um, exist in the mall, you know, and and. Uh, and recreate their lives like in this artificial setting, you know, because they're, they, they were in there trying to, it's really kind of interesting because they're in there trying to recreate their outside lives. You know, the, the boyfriend and the boyfriend and girlfriend characters are, you know, having dinner, you know, like pretending like they're going out to dinner at one of the restaurants in the mall and, and all that stuff. But eventually like the whole thing starts to ring hollow and they're like, this isn't living, you know, this isn't, how our life should be, you know. Gee, that reminds me of of, of something. Yeah, I've experienced myself these days. I don't know about you, John. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, the first days or the first weeks of the pandemic and the quarantine and stuff. You know, you try to make the best of it. You're cooking dinner every night, like you know. I don't know about you, but Christine and I just started going through all her eating well magazines and just started making every single recipe in the magazines. And after a while, I'm like, I can't take this shit anymore. (laughs) You know, you're watching TV. Like we're just watching hours upon hours of TV and walking the dog, you know, 10 miles a day. You know, it's like, what the hell else can we do? This is, this is getting fucking old fast. 
But anyway, we're not here to talk about the uh, gloom and doom of 2020. We're here to talk about how great this movie is. So I am giving this movie a perfect five uh, brains out of five. Oh, can I give it six out of five brains? <laughs> yeah, uh, I will allow it. I will allow you to break the scale. Oh, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. By the way, I did find on Amazon... John, yeah. you could get yourself a copy of 1978's Dawn of the Dead, the special Divamax edition. Are you ready? On DVD, oh. by the way. Yeah. Uh, Blu-ray's a little cheaper. $71. That's nuts. $71 yeah. for DVD. Uh, look, looks like the Blu-ray's just under 30 Just uh, under 30 I couldn't believe it. $71 for DVD. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I... I, I I would totally uh, not hesitate to buy this movie for 30 bucks. I have spent more money on other stupider shit. That's yeah. for sure. Yep. So, uh, wonderful movie. Uh, let's talk spoilers. You betcha, not a problem. Here we go. begin I, I i what i love about this movie and one of the many things i love about this movie is it feels like an artifact from the 70s oh, you know yeah. it's it's so like it gives you like the 70s tv vibe you know at the beginning when the news is going on it gives you like a bit of the 70s suburb vibe uh, i love for whatever reason i love the scene when they're flying the helicopter and they have to stop and fill up with gas Mm-hmm. And uh, and they 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 touch down and it's like this old seventies ass looking gas station out in like you know in the rural area. There's something about that where I'm like, man, this is so cool because you know the landscape of our country doesn't look like this anymore. So um, this thing is a is is a very uh, awesome. Uh, it's a time capsule. Uh, it's a time capsule yep. uh, of the era, uh, the clothes, and and then when they're in the mall, you see all the those are that's a real mall. Those are real yes. stores, you know, and um, they're you know those are real displays in those stores. So that's like a big part of the fun for me is seeing all this, you know. Yeah, no, I I think you're right on the money, and that again, that's a, a tremendous amount of um, nostalgia there as well, and and you see it. You know, we talked last year about Chopping Mall, and they tried to do a similar thing, and that's like an 80s yeah. time capsule, um, and that is glorious in, in, in albeit different ways. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, I, I totally get uh, where you're coming from. Yeah, so uh, the characters in this movie, they, I, I like the variety of the characters. You know, you got the two cops. Uh, who are they? Uh, Peter and uh, Peter and George, or Peter and Roger, I think they are. Um, and then, and then the two, the, the, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend from the TV studio, uh, that's Steven and Francine, I believe. Um, and, uh, I like the interaction of the group, you know, uh, 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 Steven, the boyfriend is a straight up dick and, uh, like everybody knows it. Um, but for whatever reason, you know, Francine just, just loves him. Uh, what I like about Francine, uh, uh, Riker is that. Um, she is not Barbara from Night of the Living Dead. No, you know? uh, she is it's not. A, she's not a helpless, comatose woman. You know, like 
Barbara, I thought was, Barbara was like one of the fucking my least favorite characters in any any movie. Like she just sucks. You know, Barbara from Night of the Living Dead just sits on the or lays on the couch wailing the whole damn time. You know. Yes. Uh, until until eventually smart. she dies. Yeah. Uh, uh, Francine, on the other hand, you know she's capable. Uh, you know she's in a shitty situation, but you know, spoiler alert, she makes it the fuck out. You know, and uh, and 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 her and. Uh, her and uh, Peter um, are, are my two favorite characters in this movie. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the one thing that is interesting, if you go back to the mall there, um, they got a nice little gun shop, which is convenient, in the yeah. mall. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. freaking nuts. Not too many. In, I don't know about you, but I don't have any gun shops in my mall. No, uh, no, no. No, not there. And uh, but, I, I, I just can't believe I'm, I, I, the 70s were crazy, man, I guess, you know. Um, I guarantee you that there were probably gun shops in most malls. Yeah, yep. Yeah, you just walk in a mall, buy a gun. Um, buy a gun. But, why not? Why not? It's America. It's some ammo, so, too. So, uh, so many great scenes in this movie. I remember uh, the, the scene where they're in, like, the boiler room. And, uh, you know, that, that very tense scene where there's a zombie roaming around in the boiler room and they're trying to, you know, they're trying to find it. And, um, when they, when they first get there and they, and to the mall and they have to start cleaning it out of zombies, you know, getting, getting rid of all the zombies. And, and then they find their, um, what winds up being kind of like their living quarters, um, which is, you know, one of the administrative rooms in the mall, uh, cause it's, you know, it's locked up pretty well. Um, and then when the, uh, when the biker gang, when the biker gang invades the mall and, uh, Tom Savini, who, who did, you know, the special effects in this movie. Um, but when Tom Savini and his gang, you know, come rolling and rolling in through the front door with the bikes and, uh, man, such a seventies moment, you know, uh, all this, all this movie needed was like some sort of car chase where they, uh, you know, take a jump off a dirt pile or something. (laughs) You know, it couldn't be any more seventies. So yeah. Why did the bike? Why did the bikers show up again? It's been a while. I forget. Uh, the bikers just saw the mall and 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 realized that they could loot the shit out of it and uh, and take it over. Um, so so that's that's why they showed up. Okay, got it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thanks. And, uh, yeah. Uh, no, uh, you know, some I, it, I found some trivia. I'm sure you know this, but okay. it's cool to talk about. One is that this is the there are two kids in this uh, movie who are zombies, who um, if you look closely, um, they, they they run, right? And so yeah. they're the only two zombies in any Romero film that didn't do the zombie shuffle. So we've got yeah. that. I can't remember where they're from, but I did find that. Yeah, that's it. Uh, let's see, there. They attack Peter at the airport chart house, and uh, oh, okay. they were played by Donna Savini and Mike Savini, his kids. Yeah, and so yeah. they're nephews. I'm sorry, neat nephew. And uh, they they run, uh, and so they didn't want to reshoot it, so they said just go ahead and run. So the beginning of the uh, infected running zombies in this movie, which is great. Um, one thing that always struck me interesting was the choice in, in makeup design for the zombies, because mostly they're. Uh, they're kind of this bluish gray. Like if yeah. I get bit, I turn blue gray. Um, and I know that that's because, uh, you know, the first film is black and white. So, you know, we've got to 
try to make that, well, what would, you know, what would flesh look like? And, okay, let's do bluish gray. Sometimes they look more blue than gray. I don't know. What do you think yeah. about that? Uh, you know, it's it's a weird striking look. Um, it is. What I, under, what I understand, he was trying to make him look gray, but they wound up just looking more blue sometimes. Right. But, it, but it for some reason, like, it fits the vibe of the, like of the era, like of the seventies, right? So uh, yep. for some for some reason, when when I saw it, I was like, oh, it was the seventies. You know, <laughs> I don't know why it, that that weirdly bluish gray uh, just kind of seemed to fit. Um, it never bothered yeah. me. No, one of the I've got one piece of trivia, but one comment that I'm going to make is like the beginning of the of the movie really kind of rings true to like events that are going on today. Like the cops are showing up and they're taking out they're taking out minorities, John. So yeah, let's just yeah. be honest about that. They're, yeah, they're yeah. If, if you weren't uh, Caucasian, you're getting shot up. Uh, yeah. But the hero of the story is a minority, just like it was in the first uh, movie. We know yeah. that uh, that was a choice that was not intentional. It just kind of worked out that way. Um, you know, based on your research, was that an intentional choice? Were they trying to be ahead of the time? I mean, because Peter, you know, Peter's African-American. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, in Night of the Living Dead, I know it wasn't intentional, right? That was just no. It wasn't. Appar apparently, Romero said, "Well, he was the best actor." He so, was, you know. Yeah. So he he he's the one we gave the role to, you know. And uh, and and in this but one, it became Peter, a great social statement. Like he made this choice that yeah. has today stood the test of time as the, of this great social statement within horror that carries yeah. through this film. And I thought that that was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, and and I I don't I don't know uh, about the casting of what's his name Ken Forey um, as Peter. Like I don't know how that uh, I don't know how that came about, but uh, he is he's uh, Peter is my favorite character in the movie. He and Francine, you know, oh, for sure. Um, so so yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, great movie. Uh, like I said. Well, one I'm, last thing, real sure. quick. Yeah, if you ahead. wanted to be an extra in this film, I know you would have done it for free, but you know what they gave the extras in this film, John? <laughs> Tell the people. <clears throat> if you were an extra in this film, they gave you a dollar in cash, a donut, and a Donna the Den t-shirt. More than enough to be a zombie and uh, rip somebody's guts out. Totally cool. That is pretty great, man. That is pretty great. Awesome. All right. I All right, that. so that's Dawn of the Dead. Uh, like I said, we're starting this uh, this Shocktober out with we're starting it with a bang, and uh, and 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 uh, this is just a good way to get going, right? We're good. The best way to get going. I'm glad you you. What do you want? If you want to talk OG Dawn of the Dead, I'm like I'm in. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, man. We'll see everybody tomorrow. Woohoo! <laughs>